0: Enema. <laughs> all right, everyone, this is Tim of Online Big Blue, bringing you the best of New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. This town has gotten an enema. This town is flushing it all out. We're going to have a new general manager. We're going to have a new coach. We're hopefully going to have a new quarterback. His name's Malik Willis. All aboard the Malik Willis Express. Jump on the train because it's leaving the station. If you're not on board, go watch the film. Go watch the tape. And I will tell you for the hundredth time, don't watch highlights. Go and actually watch Liberty games, but don't watch just Malik Willis. Don't, I mean, don't watch the entire team. I should rephrase that. Watch just Malik Willis. Watch what he does when there's a good play. Watch what he does when there's a bad play. Watch what he does when the pocket breaks down. Watch what he does when he has a clean pocket and then make your assessment from that. Because if you look at his highlights, he's beyond baby Vic. But I'm just telling you, watch the game. But when you're watching the game, just watch Malik and watch what's happening around him and make your assessment that way. I had a video request yesterday. A video request was, Tim, you have been bashing Joe Judge. you not bashing, but you, you, you called out Joe Judge from the press conference. You called him out since Jump Street. You thought that he was something was wrong with him since day one. Can you do a video about all the red flags that you saw that everyone missed? And of course I could do that. I'm going to do that today. I also wanted to talk about John Mara. John Mara came out with basically some telling comments. <laughs> I think some of the comments for John Merrill were awesome. He basically said that, uh, you know, things were bad, but they just seemed to keep getting worse. I mean, and that kind of sums up this last season, the season, the last ha- the latter half of the season, that every time that, you know, he was embarrassed, he's embarrassed by the state of the franchise, but every time he thought it was going to get bad, it just got worse. And I, and I think that is, you know, I think that's the best way to really just sum up the season, the sum up, sum up what it was. And he said, and he basically said, Yes, it is. I'm thinking during the season that we had hit rock bottom and each week it just got a little worse. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what happened. Joe Judge, of course, was 10 and 23. He didn't really ingratiate himself to a lot of the fans. Well, some of the fans, he did a lot of the fans, he did. They fell for the sink skin oil salesman stuff. They use car salesman stuff, the cliche football head coach stuff. They, a lot of people fell for that. We're going to get into that in a minute. But you know what? It is what it is. And he asked, he said, Was there a last draw? says, obviously, I wasn't thrilled with the particular press conference, Mara said, but I can't say there was one specific act that was the last straw. It was accumulation of things. We just got to the point where I thought we had dug ourselves a hole so deep that I didn't see a clear path to get out of it unless we completely blew it up and start over again. A new general manager, a new head coach. That basically just sums it up. Sums it up, wraps it up, says everything he needs to know about Joe Judge's tenure, about what was going on with Dave Gettleman. And for the fools out there that are blaming everything on Dave Gettleman, Day, it's not all Dave Gettleman's fault. And it's an easier way to scapegoat him so you don't have to be, you know, look in the mirror and say that you were wrong about Joe Judge. Gettleman did some bad things. Gettleman did some good things. But you know what? And he's the, hi- he's the one that hired the golden child and Judge that everyone loved. He's the one that drafted the golden boy quarterback that everyone loves. But now that things aren't working out too well, it's all Dave Gettleman's fault. And since he left, it's easier for people to blame him than look in the mirror and say, you know what, you got fooled by Joe Judge. What were the red flags? And that was a good question. I I got it multiple times the other day. uh, Because I've said it before, and I've talked about it directly. The red flags that I saw from Joe Judge immediately. The red flags that I saw for the first two seasons with Joe Judge. And the things that I yelled, I I spoke about, and people told me that I was a hater. That I was just, I just made hateful videos. No, it just was, I was just making honest videos. And I know a lot of people like to steal my analogy as, you know, I take my fan cap off. And I looked out from, you know, the mind's eye and I looked inward to the Giants, not as a fan, but as an analyst. And these are the things I saw. But what did I see that that kind of led me to believe from day one that Joe Judge wasn't the guy? The press conference. I did a video right after the press conference because everyone was like, he won the press conference. My thing with the press conference was, and I said it immediately, I don't care if you won the damn press conference. I need you to win some damn games. Press conferences mean nothing. Press conferences don't mean a thing. They're just a father for the fans to get lustering over a head coach. And sure, it was a great press conference, but then I said to the fact that he looks like a cliche tough guy head coach to me, that he was going to do all these things, and he was going to install this, and he was going to do this. This is a guy that's a special team coach. I'm not telling him to come in to be contrite. I'm just telling him he should come in with a little modesty, a little humility. He's he's gotten he had no pedigree outside basically working as a special teams coach and he only got the title last a year before, prior from the Belichick so he would look more attractive to get a head coaching position. They even said they came out and said that in New England. So that was that was my that was my first glaring thing that it was the fact that you're coming in as the New York Giants football head coach. You have zero experience, but you are going to change everything. You are going to change culture. You are going to be the CEO. Everything the buck is going to stop with you everything's going to be fine. You're going to change everything around. And you're going to show us how to do it. I think we had people like Coughlin, Parcells, and you know, I think we've had guys that did it right. And people are like, well, he's Belichickian. He's Parcellian. I was like, how the hell can you see that from the press conference when he hasn't even coached a game yet? He hasn't even run a practice yet. How is that even possible? That was the other thing. So it was the buildup of Joe Judge that really turned me off almost immediately. Cause I'm like, this guy's a special teams coach who's done nothing, who's coming here like he is a 30-year head coach with with two Super Bowl rings. I've seen coaches that I've seen head coaches that have had press conferences who have won Super Bowls and taken new jobs that have come in with more humility than Joe Judge. That was that was my first issue. Second issue, of course, was Everything was an excuse, especially in the beginning. He couldn't do certain things because of COVID. He couldn't do certain things because he was a rookie head coach. He couldn't do things because of the fact that he had the offensive coordinator, this and that. He couldn't do this because of that. There was always an excuse built in why something was going to fail. And I said it even after numerous videos, everyone else in the league, especially during the COVID year, was going through the exact same thing. They may not be going with a brand new head coach and a brand new offensive coordinator, but they were still, and there were some teams that were, they were still going through the COVID. They were still going through the pro- protocols. They were still going through the virtual stuff. But Joe Judge always seemed to have a built-in excuse. And that, and that kind of that kind of turned me off away. And the way he would divide up practices. It's, if I, knew, I knew people that went, that actually were in, in media that were at some of these practices and it was like a division. He was like, he was like dividing and conquering the team. And I found that I found that kind of interesting. And that was another red flag that kind of, kind of dropped in front of me. Then there was the whole Mark Colombo thing. Mark Colombo, of course, came in with a pedigree, came in with experience, you know, working with offensive lines, had, you know, he comes over from Dallas. He, he's a Jason Garrett guy there there, there. there was evidently an animosity, I feel, that between Joe Judge, Colombo and Garrett and, and the giant organization for, for making them hire these guys. How, how, how dare you have the audacity to have these people be hired? And Colombo, of course, went off, got himself fired. But no one ever really looked into the details why he went off. Now, Colombo, of course, he has a pedigree and reference to building offensive lines. And Joe Judge, evidently for a month, had been crashing the offensive line meetings. Had been, had been installing himself in these meetings. And yes, I will say Andrew Thomas was not playing well, but it looks like a lot of it was potentially because of the ankle. Nick Gates actually was playing at position. There was a lot of things that were going on that we, that we needed to work with. And I know Thomas's head coach came out and said, you "No, know, his technique is different. But the technique could also have been different because of the injuries. But the problem was Colombo didn't like it. And I wouldn't like it either if the head coach for a month came in every day and tried to circumvent my authority with my players. So basically, he went off and got himself fired. And that's what the narcissist does. They go after the weakness of somebody, they exploit it, and then they push them to a point where they explode, and then it's not the narcissist's fault. It's not Joe Judge's fault. He just went off on me. I have to fire him. I have to get rid of him. That was another red flag. The other red flag, especially during the first season, was the Golden Tate issue. Golden Tate, of course, did not ingratiate himself with fans when he went out with a four-game suspension that first year because of Peds. Uh, You know, he also had the stupidity of the fight with the Jalen Ramsey because of what happened with his sister, which I can actually understand. But that second season with the Giants, Golden Tate had been a model player, a model teammate going back to Notre Dame. Super Bowl winner. He came in. And he, 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 like I said, outside of the issue with uh, the Peds, that first season with Shermer, everything was fine. It wasn't until Joe judge came around and an intelligent player from Notre Dame, who's been in the league for years, had the audacity to show up his rookie, his second year quarterback after scoring a touchdown by saying, get me the damn ball. This is what I can do. If you get me the ball. And he's, he wasn't wrong that second season. They were not targeting him. And if you go back to some of the plays in his giant career, Golden Tate actually excelled when he was targeted. For some reason, there was, there was no target. So Joe Judge is not going to like being shown up by a player. How dare he think that he can question myself? How dare he think he can question Daniel Jones and show him up on TV? Yeah, okay. It's true, though. He wants to win. You have a player that wants to win, that has a personality, but, but, but you know what? The, the narcissist doesn't want that. And I did a video about that as well. Yeah, he, of course, he, his wife came out and said on social media she should get on the ball, which it probably wasn't the best thing to do. And then he liked a tweet about how the Giants should release him. But they suspended him for a game for showing up Daniel Jones. And that's what the narcissist does. They protect the golden child. And that was, that was another big flag for me during that verse, that first season. And then of course all the big flags immediately were his timeout management, his game management, his clock management, his, 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 his innate ability to, and like I said, the the whole crap going fourth and one lining up and trying to draw the team off sides. He did that like two, three times a game. It isn't high school, Joe. And I pointed that out as well. It's not high school. Let's, you know, let's, let's get away from that. Let's get away from the high school crap. It never worked the first year, and then you tried it a couple times in the first couple games of the first season, and it still didn't work. So let's just get get away from that, Joe. And a lot of these things you could attribute him to being a rookie head coach, and you're like, well, hopefully he's going to progress and move forward in year two. And then the end of the season hit, and the whole debacle in Philadelphia that, you know, that... You know, the Eagles the, the Eagles tanked. Maybe they tanked, maybe they didn't. I don't know. I don't know what was in Doug Peterson's mind, he got himself fired, but I don't know. Then Joe Judge came out and said the right thing. You know, he basically was saying a six and ten team shouldn't make the playoffs and shouldn't be relying on blah, 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 to get in. He said the right thing the first time. Then the next day came around. And then it was Doug Peterson's fault, and he tanked and this, this. He he was making, he was making uh in in he was basically some innuendos that it was, you know, about That he did tank, and he did this, and he did that. Okay, Joe, well, you went from one thing, one extreme to the other, and the one thing to the next. And after that first season, I said, I did videos again. I said, I don't trust this guy. He's a cliche, tough guy, head coach. Go take all the head coaches for movies and, and, and combine them into one, and then you have Joe Judge. And he tries to get too psychological with his players. And I said that a million times. And I love it because people go to me, you're not wrong about these things. And I love it because with these videos come up, like people are like, you're not wrong about these things, Tim. You're just doing these videos too early, which I never understood. I'm not wrong. How the hell am I doing a video too early about it? You know, the, I always say the wound is too fresh. It's too open. It's, you're, too, you're, being, you're not wrong, but you're just too early with the video. All right. Maybe for the weak minded. <laughs> Maybe that was too early. I don't know. Then season two rolled around. And I was sitting there like, okay, this is, you know, you got to get better. This has got, you're going to have your second season under the Garrett offense. You're going to have second year judge, you know, progressing into learning from his mistakes from year one. And then even with his press conferences, he never seemed like he learned anything. Never seemed like he learned anything at all. Then more of the laps started. Oh, dear Lord. The lapse. <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. We have to go back to the season one with the whole oh, the pit, roll around in the mud, getting the ball, football drill, fumble drill. We forgot about that. The fumble drill. Joe Judge showed his team that he was just one of the guys by rolling around getting the ball. I did a video again that said Joe judge is basically using psychology because he's been a hard ass all training camp is now. He's just showing he's one of the guys. Now, if you take a look at this, at the thumbnail that I have, the glee of Dalvin Tomlinson shooting Joe judge with the hose says it all says it all. And if you watch the video, Dalvin is not shooting the ball. Dalvin is not shooting the body. Dalvin initially starts shooting Joe judge in the face with the hose. That, if you want to talk about psychology, there's something psychological right there. He was basically showing that he has a disdain, a subconscious disdain for, or maybe not even subconscious disdain for Joe Judge. But everyone else is like, hey, he's just rolling in the mud, he's showing him one of the guys. I said it was, said it was a psychological power play. Again, I, w- I did the video too early, I guess I was told. Then we roll into season two and the laps again start running laps. And I love it because I've said it a million times for all the idiots at FanFest that ran laps. Really? Do you not understand the sport? Running laps is a punishment. Does, it's, it's, not a, it's not a sign of support for your head coach or your organization. It made, you, it made us look like even more idiots. <laughs> made it look like idiot fans. We're going to run laps in 100-degree weather to support Joe Judge on FanFest. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. But the lap thing. The lap thing, you stop, as a, as a former high school and college player, you stop running laps in high school. You don't do that in the pros. As someone that's been and worked with technically four pro organizations, you never, I've never seen that in the history of that. I mean, that, and that is not ingratiating with your players. And, of course, the players are going to say, oh, yeah, we understand the lap thing. Yeah, that's great. And I even did a video that this, this Harry high school shit's not going to last very long. It's not going to play well with these players. Not at all. And then the next red flag came up, and it was actually at the preseason game, the first preseason game that I I went to You know, after they let Roman come back. And I showed a picture of it on Twitter and I think in one of my videos that the team was divided. If you watch the sidelines, and I took a picture of it, the entire offense was on one side and the entire defense was on the other side. There was no mixture. It was almost like they were trying to segment the team, divide the team. And I think, again, that was, that was purposely done by the head coach because everything is done by the edict of the head coach. And I thought that was a very telling sign that they're separate. The team will always say they're together, but I, it looked to me like they were separated. And I, bl- I blamed the head coach for that. And that was another video that I did. Then you have the whole Jason Garrett fiasco. Jason Garrett, to me, of course, was the scapegoat. Jason Garrett, scapegoat. The edict of the head coach is the philosophy of your offensive coordinator. Your offensive coordinator does not just run his own plays. He runs it at the value or the direction of the head coach or the philosophy of the head coach. And we all know that Joe Judge did not want Jason Garrett. We all know that because he felt threatened against another narcissist thing. And there's another guy in the room. There's another alpha in the room that can threaten him and has more experience and can make him look bad. So I think a lot of times the and I've said it a million times, the philosophy of the style of the the play of not tanking it, but going conservative was not, to me was not Jason Garrett it was all Joe Judge. But at the end of the day, Jason Garrett is the one that got fired because Joe Judge couldn't have him around. And why the hell do you wait? Why do you wait till the game after the you, you have a You have a bye week. You don't fire him then you wait till the next week to fire him. Because you know he's going to have a bad game against Tampa. So you wait to almost humiliate him to to then turn around and fire him. Boy, it looks like that wasn't Jason Garrett's fault, was it? But that's, again, another power play move by Joe Judge, which I didn't like. Especially for a guy that's not winning any games. Then Freddie Kitchens is the play caller. Another thing I didn't like. Freddie Kitchens is the play caller. He's the play caller, right? But he's not the offensive coordinator. You don't promote him to offensive coordinator. You basically promote him to head offensive assistant. And then when the media comes around, because the media always has access to the coordinators, Joe does not give the media access to Freddie Kitchens. Joe, the media has to talk to Joe. Because they are going to do this coordinator by committee and Joe is in charge. So you're going to talk to him. That was another little bit of a narcissist power play move right there. Another red, another red flag jumping up. You're basically throwing Freddie under the bus, saying he's the he's the he's going to be calling the plays, but it's it's going to be a group effort in reference to calling the plays. Never seen that before in my life. Never seen. I've never seen in the in the X amount of years I worked in the league, and the X amount of years that I've been watching the league. Never seen that before in my life. But Joe Joe Judge did that. Then there was the flag, the red flag incident. And it wasn't the fact that he didn't just take responsibility for doing it. First, he took responsibility for doing it. First, he did. But then the narcissist in him told him, well, no, no, I got to make up an excuse. So he was trying to get the attention of the ref by throwing the red flag. This was after he took responsibility. But with Joe Judge, every time he takes responsibility for something, then he shifts it. And at that point in time, he was just trying to get their attention, which made me laugh because of the fact that you're trying to get his attention but the biggest problem is the extra point had already been kicked. So you're trying to get his attention from a play that happened two plays ago. And you don't need to throw the red flag because there's an automatic timeout or a TV timeout after every change of possession or field goal. Well, I shouldn't say change of possession, but after every extra point so they can set up for the kickoff. So you can just walk onto the field right then and there. You don't, you don't, need, you don't need to throw the challenge flag. But you came up with, you first took a responsibility, but then came up with your excuse why you did it. Same with thing with the fish stinks from the head down. You take, you take responsibility, but in the same, then in the same press conference, you basically blame everyone else for everything that you did wrong. That was another red flag. Like I said, I, I, could, I actually can continue, but this video is going a lot longer than I thought. I can actually continue. I can keep going and going and going. But these are the things that I saw immediately. These are the things that I pointed out in videos These are the things that I tweeted about and I, and for two years and I was told I'm negative. I know nothing about sports and I am negative. Okay. (laughs) And I've said this before, be a fan, not a fanatic. Objective, be objective, be observationally objective. When you're looking at your team, you're looking at your organization. You could be a fan. You could cheer to your heart's content, but remember at the end of the day, if the team is doing something wrong, you need to call them out on it. You don't want to keep waiting years. When you see something wrong, you have the ability to speak up. You have the ability to voice your displeasure. And thank goodness, I think that's what happened in regards to getting Joe Judge fired and moving on from Dave Gettleman and potentially moving on from Daniel Jones. And again, this is Tim with Online Big Blue, bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. And as always, if you like, if you subscribe, we never do what it means. That'd be awesome.